0: And tonight is really cool because obviously it's a new year and it's a new series as well. And the new series is called Him and Her. Him and Her. And this series is all about relationships. All about relationships, which is so fun. Uh, it, this, is like, this is like one of my favorite series that we do. Whenever I ask students, like, hey, if we could talk about anything on a Thursday night, what would you want to talk about? Um, every single time, they're like, relationships. Like, let's talk about relationships. Uh, and so this is a fun series because you guys love talking about relationships. And I think the reason that you love talking about relationships um, is because of this. Uh, you fall into one of these three categories. Either you're in one, uh, or you just got out of one, or you want to be in one. Right, you're in, you're in one of those categories. You're either in one, you just got out of one, or you want to be in one. Um, or maybe you're like in a weird hybrid of all three. You know, like you just got out of one, but you're totally in one right now, but you're thinking, you know, you're like, maybe him, maybe her. Uh, anyways, just by show of hands, let's do this. How many of you, how many of you would say, right now, Steve, I am in a relationship? Let me see you. Okay. Okay. There we go. Yeah, yeah, the married couples are raising their hands. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. By the way, guys, if you're getting like an elbow to your ribcage, that means, yes, you're in a relationship. You should have raised your hands. So you might have missed that one. Um, how many of you How many of you would say, uh, right now, I want to be in a relationship. Like, I got a crush on someone right now. I got a crush. Hey, this is a safe place. We can all admit it. Okay, that's good. Okay, um... How many of you would say, uh, I got a crush on someone in this room right now? Is that? Yeah. Hey, look around. Hey, we can do some matchmaking here at M12. Okay. We can make this happen. This is good. Well, uh, Jesus, that's a good one. That's a good relationship. Okay. Well, well, obviously with this series all about relationships, I, uh, I couldn't talk about relationships without telling you about my very first date with Catherine, my wife. Yeah. Catherine Catherine and I have been married for over seven years, and um, a lot of you have come up to me... And you're like, you're like, how'd you guys meet? Like, tell me the story, all that stuff. And so this is this is your moment. I'm gonna tell it to you right now. Now, before I tell you the story, I want to show you a picture of my wife and I when we were dating. So, uh, this is us. It's pretty good. I uh, I like to call this Beauty and the Beast. You know what I'm saying? Uh, how many of you think I should grow out the goatee again? Bring that. That's right. It's either a strong yes or a strong no. There's nothing in between. That's awesome. Now, now, some of you guys, some of you guys may be looking at this and you're like, okay, Steve, Steve. No offense, man. But how did a beautiful woman like that end up with someone like you? Yeah, I know. And to that, I would say, first of all, uh, I'm offended. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so here's the story. So my wife and I actually met at uh, the University of Georgia. <laughs> Go dogs! That's right. Yeah, yeah. What's up now, Louisville? Hey, we got you. That's it. Okay, so, so, so we met at UGA. We met at UGA, and uh, we were actually in the same worship band. We were, we were in this band that traveled around to different, like, churches and camps, and we led worship, stuff like that. And actually, I was, I was the leader of the worship band. And so one of the tasks that I had as leader of the worship band was to actually choose the members <clears throat> of the worship band. And so um, I told all my friends, I was like, it's just going to be a bunch of dudes. Like, we're going to play rock and roll worship. It's going to be awesome. There's no way I'm going to have a girl in the band. And then Catherine tried out, and I was like, we're going to have a girl in the band, okay? This is, this is just trust me. We need to have her in the band. So obviously, uh, because we were in the band together, we got to hang out a lot, and uh, I, I, I just noticed some things about Catherine. Um, first of all, I noticed that Catherine is, like, smoking hot. Like, crazy hot. And I was like, Th- that's awesome. Uh, and then, then I noticed that, that in addition to that, she was, like, so funny. She had, like, the best sense of humor. Uh, I loved, like, her character. She had a deep, deep character. She was so sensitive, so caring. Um, and so, like, I'm noticing all these things about her. And I'm like, dude, when a, when, a, when a guy finds someone like this, like, I did, okay? I did what any, like, warm-blooded American male would do when he meets someone this incredible, Uh, I told all of my friends to date her. I know, I know. And looking back at the story, I'm an idiot. Okay. I just want to say that for the record. I didn't realize it at the moment. Um, but I think it's because I was so intimidated, uh, intimidated by how like confident she was, you know, like, like she had just this air of confidence. And so I guess I was afraid. So I told all of my friends, I was like, dude, Catherine is awesome. You guys should date her. Um, again, I'm an idiot at, uh, thankfully they were bigger, bigger idiots than I was. And so I realized in that moment that if anyone's going to date her, I need to date her. I finally came to my senses and I was like, I got to ask this, girl out. But again, again, because she was so like confident, so confident on her own, um, I, I really thought that the conversation with her was going to go something like this, uh, where I'd go up to her and say, hey, Catherine, like, you know, I want to I take you on a date. And then she would look at me and say, oh, that is so cute of you. Um, I'm good, like, thanks for offering, but, like, I'm fine on my own, no big deal, just thanks, but no thanks. Like, I really thought that's what was going to happen, because I'm telling you, you guys know what I'm talking about. It takes a lot of courage to ask your girl out, and I really thought, because of how amazing and confident she was, that she would just flat turn me down. But again, she was too incredible. I had to know. You know, I had to know. So finally, one night, we're hanging out together, and, uh, and I look at her, and I say, Catherine, I love hanging out with you, and... um and I want to take you on a date. Will you go on a date with me?" And then my heart stopped as I'm like waiting, like, what's she gonna say? And then she looked at me and she said, yes. And, uh, and like, I'm not, I'm not a cool, like, suave guy, you know what I'm saying? And so like a cool, suave guy, when he gets a yes, he probably would have been like, right on, that's awesome. <laughs> You know, he would have just been like laid back, but I'm not cool. I'm not suave at all. So I acted like UGA just scored a touchdown. I did a fist pump and I yelled a little bit. I went, yes, like that. Like I was so incredibly excited that she said yes. And so then finally we set up when the date was going to be, and we were going to go on our very first date on December 21st. So, um, so all was going well. I was so excited about this date with her. I couldn't believe she said yes. And then something terrible happened. The night before we were going to go on our big date, my car broke down. I kid you not. And by, uh, and by my car broke down, I mean my, my minivan broke down. That's right. I know. I drove a minivan and it was awesome. And it was like 20 years old and it had spinners on it. Long story. Anyway, so um, unsurprisingly, this minivan broke down. Unfortunately, it broke down at the worst possible time. And so, of course, like Catherine already said yes to my date. And I'm thinking, a girl this incredible and this beautiful, she's never going to say yes to me ever again. So I got to go on this date. And so I start calling up all my friends. I'm like, guys, please, 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 can I borrow a car? Please, can I borrow a car? I got to go on a date with this girl. Please, 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 will someone let me borrow a car? And finally, finally, one of my friends actually said yes. And he let me borrow a car his car. Now here, here was the problem. Uh, The guy that let me borrow the car was, uh, was like a hippie. Do you guys know what I'm talking about when I say hippie? Like, like he's wearing, he's wearing sandals all the time. Shirts are optional. Um, So with showering, he doesn't really do that much either. He like makes his own granola and stuff like, like super, super hippie. Now here was the bad news. The bad news was his car smelled just like him. And so when I opened up the door and, like, went into the car, it smelled like I was walking into his armpit. It was... Awful. It was awful. And I'm like, I'm a dude with a terrible sense of smell. And if I can smell that, she's going to smell that. And so immediately I get in the car and I go to a gas station and I'm buying up all the air freshener I could. I'm like, I don't know what it takes, but I got to get this smell out of here. And so I'm getting like the gels and the stuff that you like hang on the rearview mirror and the spray. And I'm doing all the like autumn rain, whatever that smells like. And so I'm spraying it everywhere. And then once I was done, um, it smelled like autumn rain mixed with B.O. It was terrible. It just, it didn't take away the smell, it just added to it. So now I've got two competing smells in the car, but I'm like, whatever. I gotta go on a date. I gotta go on a date with this girl. So finally I get in the car and I drive up to her parents' house, pick her up, meet her parents, and then we go to her favorite restaurant and we were able to have a conversation and talk and hang out for a little bit and then we went to go see a movie. And then after the movie, we went back to her place, um, got to meet her parents uh, again, talk with them, meet her sister for the first time. And this concluded uh, the first of many dates with Catherine. And, uh, and we live happily ever after. And that's, that's, how, that's how, like, all the movies go, right? Like, the guy and the girl get together, and then once they get together, then they live happily ever after. Right, like, 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 think about, think about any, think about any, like, romantic comedy you've ever seen, any Disney movie, any Disney movie you've ever seen, it's all about, like, the guy and the girl, and they're far apart, but if the guy could just find the girl, or if the girl could just find the guy, then everything would work out okay, right? Like, if he could just find her, or if, or if, or she could just find him, if they could just find each other, then everything is going to work out. And so the whole purpose of the movie, the whole tension of the movie is that we just got to get these two people together because once we get these two people together, then everything is going to work out. And because we see this all the time in movies and because the movies always end after the first date and the credits roll and they live happily ever after, uh, after I think, I think we end up approaching dating and we end up approaching relationships believing what I'm calling the right person myth. This is the right person myth. The right person myth is once I find the right person, everything will be all right, right? Once I, once I find the right person, everything will be all right. That, that my goal in a relationship is to just find the right person. And once I do that, then life is going to be great. In other words, I'm not going to be happy. I'm not going to be content until I finally find the right person because once I'm with that right person, and if I could just be with that right person, then everything in life is going to fall into place. Everything's going to be great. And so, and so here's what it looks like. Um, ladies, right, you're like, you're hanging out, and, uh, and then you look, and then he walks in the door. And you're like, okay. Okay. No, 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 that's, that's right. That's, that's the way it's supposed to be. And then your heart becomes attached to him, and you think, he's the right guy. This is him. I've been waiting this whole time, and I finally found him. So my goal now is to just get with this guy, and if I could just get with this guy, if we could just be in a relationship, then once we're in a relationship, everything in life is going to work out okay. If I could just know him, if we could just be in this relationship, then everything else is finally going to fall into place. And then, then as luck would have it, you get to meet this guy. And then one thing leads to another, and then you're in a relationship with him. And you are on cloud nine because you're like, oh my gosh, finally, I'm with the right guy, and my life is perfect, because I'm finally with the right guy. And then, like, you get about three months into the relationship. And you're looking at him, and you're like, that is not the right guy. <laughs> it's not, no. Mm -mm. Uh Uh-uh, because the right guy doesn't play Clash of Clans for seven hours a day. That's how I know he's not the right guy. Because because the right guy would shower more. Like, I know what the right guy is like, and he can't be the right guy. And so maybe, maybe the problem is that I just haven't found the right guy. I thought I found the right guy, but obviously he can't be the right guy because this isn't working out the way I thought it was going to work out. So obviously I've got the wrong guy. And then you look over here, and you're like obviously he's not the right guy because he's the right guy. (laughs) Duh, like, of course, why didn't I see this the whole time? So then you break up with him because obviously he was the wrong guy. And then you start going out with him and he's the right guy. And you start getting so excited and you're on cloud nine because finally I have found the right guy and everything in life is going to work out okay. And then like four months in, you're fighting. And you're like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Why am I fighting with him? See, if he was the right guy, we wouldn't be fighting. Like, if he was the right guy, then everything in life would work out okay. Because everything is not working out okay, he's obviously not the right guy. There's no way he's the right guy. So you break up with him, and you start looking for the next right guy. And on and on you go from one guy to the next guy to the next guy. And for you guys, next girl to the next girl to the next girl, looking for the right person, believing believing that once I find the right person, Everything is going to be okay. And the reason these relationships haven't worked out and the reason I'm not happy and the reason I'm not content is because I just haven't found the right guy or the right girl. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. The problem is that the right person myth is a myth. (laughs) This just isn't true. This isn't the way that life works. In other words, the success or failure of a relationship has very little to do with who you found. In other words, just because you're with someone doesn't, doesn't mean that you magically get these relational skills. That all of a sudden, because you're with him, you're more patient now, or you're more kind now, or you're more loving now because you found the right person. Life just doesn't work that way. In other words, in other words, your your relationship status doesn't change your relational status. You are no better at relating to people because you're single or because you're dating, because you're single or because you're married. That doesn't change anything. Your relationship status doesn't change your relational status. In other words, in other words, who you are before you date is who you'll be when you date. Who you are before you date is who you'll be when you date. There is no difference whether you're single or dating. The person that you are right now is who you're going to be when you're dating someone. And just because you're with someone doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're a different person. Life is not just going to work out because you found the right person. Because who you are before you date is who you'll be when you date. Here's what I mean. If you, um, if you have like a bad habit of gossiping about your friends, then eventually when you get into a relationship— and it may not be the first week, or it may not even be the first month, but eventually you'll find yourself gossiping about the person that you're with. Even though, even though you swore you would never do that, who you are before you date is who you'll be when you date. And just because you're dating someone doesn't change who you are. If you, if you lie to your parents, if you lie to your parents, then eventually when you get into a relationship, you're going to lie to that person. Even though it makes you so angry to see couples fighting and lying to one another, even though maybe it makes you so angry to watch your parents lie to one another, and maybe you've sworn to yourself, I will never lie to my significant other. When I'm in a relationship with someone, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to be truthful, but if you're lying right now, then eventually when you get into a relationship, you will lie in that relationship. Because who you are before you date is who you'll be when you date. Just because you're dating someone doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're more patient, you're more kind, you're more loving. And so for the purpose of today, I don't think the right question is, how can I find the right person? Instead, I think that the question is, how can I be the right person? Not how can I find the right person, but how can I, where I am today, whether I'm single or dating, how can I actually be the right person? And thankfully for us, Scripture is not silent on this. See, God, God is the one that actually created us. (laughs) Like God's the one that invented us. He's the one that created relationships. He knows how they best work. And so he actually gave us a list of characteristics of what it actually looks like to be, to be the right person. So I want to look together at this list of characteristics. And it's actually found in your Bible. So go ahead, grab your Bibles. They should be uh, right beside you. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And this is going to be on page 1,152, page 1,152, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And uh, some of you that have been to weddings before, you might actually recognize what we're getting ready to read. It's called the love chapter. And a lot of times these passages are actually read at weddings because of the fact that even in this wedding, people are recognizing that it's not just about finding the right person. It's about being the right person. And as God begins to describe for us what it looks like to be the right person, he starts off with this list. And I wish, I wish that we had time to go into like the entire list. It's a phenomenal list of what it actually looks like to be the right person. And I would actually encourage you when you leave here, when you go home tonight, I would love for you to read the entire list. But because we have limited time together, we only have time to talk about the first five. And so here's how he starts off when he talks about what it means to actually be the right person. Love, being the right person love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. And it is not proud. And each of these five characteristics is so huge. There's so much meaning packed into that. And so I actually want to break them down one at a time. So he starts off and he says, love is patient. kind of awkward, isn't it? Because we're not used to that, right? We're not, we're not used to waiting. We're not used to being patient. We're used to a go, go, go mentality. And yet here at the very beginning, God says, before you go anywhere else, you need to know love is patient. In other words, love waits for what's best. Love is willing to wait. Love, listen, love doesn't pressure the other person. It doesn't pressure the other person. Another way to think about this is that love is willing to wait even when things get tough. Love endures even when the circumstance is difficult. In other words, love doesn't bail just because things are tough. Love sticks around because love is patient. And so when you think about what it means, not to just find the right person, but to be the right person, It always begins with being patient and waiting. And sometimes it means waiting longer than you want to. Sometimes it means waiting when you're uncomfortable. Sometimes it means waiting on God's timing, even though your timing and all of your friends' timing in your mind would be so much better. Love is patient means I'm willing to wait on whatever God thinks is best. Love is patient. The next one says love is kind." And uh, this word, I think, is often misunderstood by us when we talk about love is kind. Um, like, like, like maybe if you're anything like me, when you see kind, you, you think it's a really like soft word. You know, it's a word like nice, you know, like love is nice. It like smiles and doesn't really do anything, but it's nice, you know. Um, but that's actually not what this word means. That's not what kind means. Kind doesn't mean nice. It's actually a combination of kind and good. And the really cool thing about this word is that there is action associated with it. Every time this word is used, action goes along with it. So so in other words, it's like someone sitting at the edge of their seat waiting to do something good. Another translation says full of service to others. That means you are actively looking for how you can help other people. That's what it means to be kind. It means you are on the lookout. You're on the hunt. How can I help them? How can I serve them? What can I do for them? This means when you're like walking down the hall and you see someone drop their books, you race after them to be the first one to pick up the books because you want to help because you are looking for ways that you can help. This means <laughs> this means when you go home, you don't just walk upstairs to your room. It means you look around and you ask yourself, what needs to be done? And maybe you see a pile of dishes, and you start doing the dishes. Or maybe you see the vacuum cleaner out, but your mom hasn't had time to vacuum yet, and you say, I've been waiting for the opportunity to do something, so I'm going to vacuum. That's what it means. It means you're literally on the edge of your seat waiting. And God is saying to us, when you think about being the right person, it means you too should be at the edge of your seat waiting to do something. The next one is it does not envy. It does not envy. And this word envy means, means to claim someone as your possession, acting like you own them, acting like you own their time, acting like you own their friends, acting like you own everything they do, and they can't do anything unless they ask permission from you. That's what it means to envy and here Paul is saying, love doesn't do that. <laughs> love lets go. Love is willing to trust. It's willing to trust that if you cared about them, you would trust them. Not claiming ownership of them, but letting go. In every relationship, letting go and trusting. After this, he says, um, it does not boast. And you guys know what boast means. It just, it just means to talk about yourself all the time. It means that the center of every single conversation you ever have is you. <laughs> it means you use the words I and me all the time. Maybe maybe it means that you're, uh, you're a one-upper. Do you guys know what I'm talking about when I say a one-upper? Yes. Uh, Always trying to go. That's right. Always trying to go above. Like, it's like like if you're telling a story, you know, and, like, your story's pretty good, but then this guy, the one-upper, he, like, swoops in out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? And then he swoops in, and he says this phrase that bugs me so much. He says this phrase. He says, oh, yeah? That's nothing. And you're like... Actually, it was something because I was telling a story, but he doesn't care. He says, that's nothing. One time I did this, and he starts talking about him because he doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about your story, and he wants the conversation to be, all be about him. He doesn't care about you. It's all about me, me, me. That's what it means to boast. And Paul's saying love is not a one-upper. <laughs> love doesn't make the center of every conversation all about you. Love takes a general interest in other people. You actually care about others, not just about the things that you want to do. And then finally, he, he kind of rounds out this, this first sentence by saying it is not proud. And proud, it, it literally means puffed up. It's kind of this, like, image of, like, a balloon filled with air. Um, it, it's, it's actually where we get the phrase, like, full of yourself from. You guys ever heard that? Like, she's so full of herself, he's so full of himself. Here's what I've noticed. Um, when someone, um, like, when you find a friend and you say, man, you are so full of yourself, if you're full of yourself... You can't be filled with anything else, right? Like, like you can't be filled with love because you're full of yourself. You can't be filled with joy. You can't be filled with peace. You can't be concerned about others because there's no room. There's no room for anything else. There's no room for your friends. There's no room for God. There's no room for anything. That's what it means to be proud, to be so full of yourself that there's no room for others. And Paul would say to us, when you start focusing on what it actually looks like to be the right person, instead of just trying to find the right person, but rather to be the right person, this is the list of what it looks like. In other words, God would say to us, these are the characteristics of what it looks like to actually be the right person. But more than that, More than these just being a list of characteristics that God would want us to have, these are a list of characteristics that God already has. See, this list describes God. In fact, you could replace the word love with God or with Jesus. You say Jesus is patient. (laughs) God is patient. He's patient with me. Even when I mess up, even when I, when I doubt, even when I'm afraid, God is patient with me and he is kind. Oh my gosh, he is so kind. God is literally at the edge of heaven waiting to do things for us. God is so kind. In fact, when Jesus walked here on earth, he embodied every single one of these things. When Jesus was walking around, Jesus was patient. Jesus was kind. He did not envy. He was not proud. He did not boast. And I think if Jesus were to stand up here today, Jesus would say, if you want your relationships to work, like every relationship, like your dating relationships, one day when you get married, even your relationships with your parents, even your relationships with your coach, with your teachers, with your brothers, your sisters, your friends, every single relationship, if you want them to work, it's way more about being the right person. And this is what it looks like to be the right person. And this is hard. This is not easy. Even just these first five things are so incredibly difficult to do. This takes practice. This takes work. This does not come naturally. And it will not come naturally when you start dating. And it does not come naturally in any relationship. And so this is something we need to start doing today. In fact, I found this um, to be true. God kind of revealed this to me before I even met Catherine. I'd actually just um, gotten out of like a really tough breakup, and I remember talking to God about it. And one of the things that I said to like to make myself feel better, I was like, "Well, it's okay that we're broken up because she just probably wasn't the right person anyway." And I remember what God said to me. He kind of leaned into that and pressed in, and he said, "No, it's not about her not being the right person. It's about you." not being the right person. See, because I wasn't these things, even though I should have been. And so God pressed in and said, look, the way that you treat the people around you is how you're going to treat the next person you date, and it's how you're going to treat your future spouse. And it was around that time that I, that I came across this study, and uh, this is true, by the way, this has been proven over and over and over and over and over again, that chances are, Guys, the way that you treat your mom is how you're going to treat your future wife. And girls, the way you treat your dad is the way you're going to treat your future husband. Do you know why? It's because who you are before you date is who you will be when you date. And I remember at the time I was in college and I had like four other roommates. And I remember God saying, hey, one day you're going to be married and you're going to have a roommate that's with you at all times. And that'll be your wife. So how are you treating your current roommates? And, uh, and then God led me to do something kind of crazy. And it was along these verses, specifically love is kind. God said, when was the last time that you like did something for your roommates? Because see, if you're not doing it for your current roommates, you're not going to do it for your future roommate. You're not going to do it for the next person that you date. And you're not going to do it for your spouse. And so God pressed in and said, "Um, maybe you should start doing the dishes. And I lived in like this, this beat up house with like four other college dudes and we're messy and smelly and just terrible. And so, of course, no one did the dishes. And so God pressed in and said, what if you did the dishes? And so my roommates would dirty up some dishes and then I would do the dishes. And then I would start cleaning up around the house. And then I even, I don't know if I took this too far, but I even was like, I started doing the laundry for my roommates, which is kind of awkward, you know, when you're like folding their socks, you're like, this is weird. Um, But I remember God pressing in and saying, if you won't do it for them, you're probably not going to do it for your future spouse. Because who you are before you date is who you'll be when you date. And then when I met Catherine, I was ready. And so I wonder if if you were to meet that person your future spouse today would you be ready? In other words, this is the question I want us to look at tonight. Are you becoming the type of person you want to date? Are you actually not looking for but are you becoming the type of person that you want to date? Cuz I'm telling you this stuff is not easy. This takes practice. And here's the good news for you and I is that you can practice this even if you're single. You don't have to be dating someone to practice this right now. You can literally go home and you can start being kind and you can start being patient and you can start envying less and you can start boasting less and you can start being less proud today. You could do that with your parents. (laughs) You have some roommates at home, they're your parents and your brothers and your sisters. You can start doing that with them. You can start being the right person to your friends. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you one day, one day you'll be in a relationship and one day you'll be married and you'll find that who you are before you date is who you'll be when you date. So are you right now becoming the type of person that you want to date? Let me pray for you. God, I, I am uh, I'm so grateful for the way that you revealed this to me when I was uh, in college. Um, that life and relationships are far less about just finding the right person and whether or not there's a perfect person for everyone, I don't know. But I thank you that you showed me that, that life and relationships are far more about being the right person than just finding the right person. And God, I ask that right now that would sink into these students, that they wouldn't live their lives believing the myth, (laughs) that one day they're going to find Mr. Right or Mrs. Right and that'll change everything because it won't. It won't. Because who they are right now is who they'll be tomorrow, whether or not they're in a relationship is who they are before they date is who they'll be when they date. And so, God, I pray that you would change something in their hearts. And I pray for two things. I pray, one, that you would elevate one of these five characteristics that they need to work on. Whether it's being patient or being kind or being less envious or being less boastful, being less proud. And then I pray that you would elevate one person, just one person that they can start doing this with. Maybe it means being more patient with their brother. Maybe it means being more kind, full of service to their parents. Maybe it means being less boastful when they're in conversations with their friends. I pray that you would tell each student in this room right now what it is they need to work on. And then my hope, my hope is that they would look at you and they would see you do this well. They would recognize that you are patient with us and that you are kind to us and that you don't envy and that you don't boast and that you are not proud. Because at the end of the day, Jesus, we just want to be like you. I pray that these students, as we sing together, that their hearts would be drawn to you. They would look at you. They would be amazed at how patient you are, how kind you are to us. And they would, they would sing out with all of their hearts and say, I just want to be more like you. God, I want to be everything that you are. All of me, I want to be like you. So would you do that right now for these students? Would it be more than words they sing? Would it be the cry of their hearts? In Jesus' name, amen.